your trusted source for local breaking news and what to make of it all. It's Tracy Mack on Newcastle in the Morning. Welcome back to the program. Now, if the telephone gods are with us, I have the beautiful Rosemary Milsom online with me now. Good morning and welcome. Good morning. Oh, there you go. <laughs> what is it? You only live, like, as the crow flies, you, what, you're like a, a two Ks from us here, and yet you have phone issues. I have it all the time I as well. Always, it is Islington. I, I always have phone issues. I don't know what it is. And actually, I got a text message from my phone company a couple of weeks ago saying they're going to be doing maintenance on some of the mobile phone towers, and you may not be able to use your phone. So please use these alternatives. And I said, are you kidding me? I work... I've worked from home since 2015. I, there's not really much of an alternative for me. Yeah. Um, so, I, anyway, you've just got to kind of shrug and get on with it and hope that it doesn't cut out. So, oh, yeah. I, I, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I, I hear you. I hear you. Now, before we get on to, uh, to an exciting new part of the festival that's being launched tomorrow, now, you're headed overseas uh, on the weekend, but you've had some fun mm. with your passport, which uh, once again highlights the issues of being in regional New South Wales. Look, I'll give you the very short version of a long, complicated story. I flew in from overseas just under two weeks ago. And when I got to customs, um, when I got to immigration at Sydney Airport, my passport didn't scan, because you know how a lot of it's automated now. Mm. And I thought, okay, that's weird, because it scanned on the way out. Um, so I you know, had to go and talk to an immigration person. And this person was scrutinising my passport, and I said, is there a problem? Thinking, um, I don't understand what could be wrong with my passport. And uh, she said, have you had it, got it wet lately? I said, no, no, no. Um, and she said, well, look, you've got a bit of paper torn away wow. from the page opposite the photo page. So it's, it's the page opposite the really important page. And it, it was a small sort of tear on the surface of the paper. I didn't understand what had done it. I couldn't explain it. Mm. Anyway, she let me through. So I kind of thought nothing of it. And then um, I'm heading overseas again on Sunday for a conference. And I woke up in the middle of the night Oh, I don't know, a few days ago, and something just made me panic about that passport. Mm. I rang passport office. They said, well, yeah, she let you through. If there was an issue with it, she should have given you a notification to replace it. So I thought, okay, um, well, she didn't. So that maybe it's all right. So just, you know, because I've got a visa already organised where I'm going, a um, whole lot of stuff, you know, flows from that passport. My airline ticket was booked for me by someone else all on this passport. I thought, I don't want to complicate things, I'll just leave it. But again, it just kept niggling at me. So on the weekend, I thought, okay, I've got to do something about it. I rang the passport office on Monday. They said, the only thing you do is bring it down to Sydney. And I thought, right, okay. And what would be the fastest turnaround? Well, if you had emergency reasons, it would be 48 hours. So I thought, right, I'm going to have to come down to Sydney, mm. get it looked at, put in an application to have it done in two days and then go back to Sydney. And this is, I've, I've got a lot happening this week. As you said, we're launching a new um, creative writing program. Tomorrow, there's a whole lot of things going on. And so um, I just thought, okay, look, I've got to go to Sydney. So I got on the early train yesterday morning. I hadn't slept because it was really worrying me. Got to the office. Everyone was so understanding. Because I was really quite stressed about it. Um, yeah, I bet. Where I'm going, the conference had said this could be problematic if you have a whole new passport because we'd have to organise a new visa mm. for you. And I'm going to Nigeria. Oh my god! So I'm already I'm going to Africa. So I'm yeah. you know, and I'm already a little bit anxious because you know I don't know. It's a long way from home. Mm. I'm going to be on my own. So they, the woman was lovely. The, the staff were lovely, and they were, couldn't even decide whether it needed replacing or not. But see, they said it's Border Patrol's issue. Oh. So it's not the passport office. It's Border Patrol who manage immigration. So they said that you don't want to risk it. 
So let's get it replaced. And I explain my circumstances. It would be very difficult for me to come back in two days. And um, Not to mention they, all of your paperwork. And everything. And yeah. they said, look, we, look, we'll try to get it through today. And I thought, oh, this is brilliant. Then a manager came over when I was being interviewed and looked at my document where I outlined the reasons why I thought this was urgent because you can have compassionate or compelling reasons for business or, you know, professional reasons. Yeah. So that was what I went for, obviously. And um, anyway, she looked over the woman interviewing me's shoulder and said, no, 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 this doesn't meet the criteria. She's not flying till Sunday. Don't worry about it. She can come back in two days and pick it up. Oh, my and I God. Just, and I just said to this woman, and, and the woman said, I'm so sorry. And I said, well, who can I speak to? Can I go hire up? And she said, no, 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 she's our acting manager. And I just thought it was such a random decision. She could have read it more closely. Anyway, I left the office, rang my husband crying. Yeah. Because by this time, I was just so upset. And I don't know what occurred to me. I thought, you know what, what are you doing circumstances like this? You ring your local MP. I don't yeah. know, that's what my mum always seems to do. <laughs> so, so I rang Sharon Clayton's office, and they were very sympathetic. Sharon's in Canberra, obviously, and just incredibly sympathetic. Said, listen, we get requests like this all the time. And I said, what if I lived in Burke? Or Yeah, how South are you going to come Coast? back? You know, how do you organise this? Uh, you know, it would be very stressful. So anyway, I... Um, I just thought, I don't know what they could do in such a short time. I'll go plant myself in an office at UTS, the uni there mm. near the site, do some work, try to not think too much about it. I had to go to a lecture last night that the Arts Minister was giving, so I had to stay in Sydney anyway all day. And I just thought, just go with it. So anyway, a long story short, a few phone calls, a bit of angst, um, I got my passport. Oh, fantastic. I, I honestly couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. Um, and, you know... Five hundred and something dollars later, yes. yep. mind you. So that's oh, the story. That so every, but you know what? Can I quickly tell you a message that everyone will relate to? Do you know what tore my passport? Which suddenly dawned on me a couple of days ago. What? You know when you get on an aeroplane, they always say, have your um, passport open at yeah. that page, boarding pass ready. So don't you always store your boarding pass between those two pages? Yes, I do. I do. That's what so I do. The luggage sticker is put on the back of your boarding pass. <gasps> It the luggage sticker adhered to that page, and so when I've removed the old boarding pass getting ready for this next trip, it's, it's torn a bit of the paper away. Wow. So all of this because of something so <laughs> minor that no one could explain, and it just suddenly occurred to me, what has done this? This is something sticky. Yeah. And I went, of course. So listen, don't ever store your boarding pass. Oh, like, God, I always thanks for that. There. Yeah, well, it's because it's the easiest. You, you, you flip it open, there's everything you need. That's it. Oh, and my God. And sticky luggage sticker on the back, which obviously might have come away a little bit or who knows, whatever. But oh, you know what? Sometimes I leave boarding passes in my passport like that till the next trip. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So anyway, the moral to the story is don't do it. Just get your boarding pass out of a separate payout part and do not have it sitting there because of that adhesive because you don't want to go through what I just went through. <laughs> that is horrendous. Oh, my God, love. Well, and, you know, you're $500 lighter, but at least you know when you go to the airport uh, on the weekend that you'll and be And I've got fine. a whiz-bang new passport. It's brand new, incredibly new. It's oh. incredible. They look amazing. They so, do. Mia's got a new one too. They look amazing, don't they? They, they, they like the, make so, the other one look really awful and cruddy. Yeah. And that makes yeah. you want so to get in So hopefully, hopefully now at the other end, when I arrive in Nigeria after 24 hours of plane travel, um, I'm going to be all sorted. <laughs> God, fingers crossed, fingers <laughs> crossed. Now, you do have a very exciting announcement happening tomorrow. Amongst all of this craziness between passports and Nigeria, you've got, uh, you're launching a new creative writing program for Hunter Primary students. Tell me all about it. Yeah, look, this, 
we've always had a schools program, and we've talked about this mm. when you've interviewed yeah, me around the festival. Mm. We've always had a schools program. We've always been in, invested in providing um, primary kids with an experience, and usually writers come to Newcastle and we do a day of it in Newcastle, a day in Cessnock. Uh, then obviously COVID hit, we couldn't do that. Uh, we went online with the program last year, which was really successful. I think about yeah. 3,500 people have viewed it. It's free. It's on our, our YouTube site if you're ever at home with a sick child and want them to entertain them or do something a bit educational, um, have a look at it. It's parents out there. And so I just I just thought a lot during COVID that what we were doing may not may continue being risky. Mm. You know, we couldn't necessarily bring schools here. Um, who knows what's going to happen with COVID, and we're seeing now we're in a fourth wave. So it may not be healthy to do it, and it may just not be possible to do it for another couple of years. What can we do that would be more meaningful that will engage kids with writing? And um, there's um, oh, look a couple of other writers' festivals have incredible programs. Byron Writers' Festival has a program. Sydney Writers Festival goes out to schools. They've got Russ the Bus that visits schools and give, distributes free books and mm-hmm. gets kids connected with books. So I just thought long and hard about it last year. The federal government had some funding for arts organisations who were going to innovate or adapt um, mm-hmm. in response to COVID. And I figured this, you know, that this really was about that. And I wanted to do something where we went to the school. So a writer went to a school. I thought it was less risky uh, and also more intensive. So it's a five-week program. So that same writer goes to that same class for five weeks and they do a program and at the end of it, the kids have three chapters of a chapter book that they've written themselves. And we type up and and they get to have that. so we got the funding. We've hired eight writers locally, which is brilliant to have local talent um, getting some extra employment. And we hired a coordinator who's brilliant, a woman called Bethany. And so Bethany and I have been working really hard the past few months. We've been training our writers and we've been assisted by Story Factory, which is an incredible um, program in Sydney that's been going for a decade. And they work with kids in Western Sydney, in Parramatta and Redfern. And I happen to know the organiser, the founder of Story Factory. Um, we work together when we're journalists in Sydney. So Cass has been amazing and we've had Richard who goes into schools a lot in Sydney and he's come up and spent a lot of time up here and, and shared his expertise with our writers. And it's been incredible and we've been rolling it out as a pilot program at the moment. So they're all you know out in schools, Port Stephens, wow. Maitland... Um, just getting there, finding their feet, working with schools, mm. and it's been incredible. And so we're calling it Story Hunter, and it's about exploring big ideas with young writers. So, yes, it's all being launched at Mayfield West uh, Demonstration School tomorrow because we've got some, we've got a writer working there at the moment. That's one of the schools we're working with, and um, the principal there, Matthew Bradley, is kind enough to organise to get permission from some parents for some kids to share their work tomorrow. Oh, so um, we're going to have a launch and the morning tea, and I've organised, um, the kids don't know this, but I've organised cupcakes in the oh. uh, sprinkled with the colours of our Story Hunter brand, branding. So um, there'll be pink and blue and yellow sprinkles and... Um, so they're going to get a bit of a treat in the morning. And we've just invited some special guests to come along uh, who have supported the program with some funding. And um, we're very lucky that Port Waratah Coal Services just came on with some sponsorship, which is brilliant because we want to keep up the training. Mm. We want to um, hire, hopefully, more writers, depending on you know how many schools sign up. So from the end of this week, schools can book in for next year. So it will officially roll out first term next year. So it's not happening now because mm. school's starting to kind of wind down now, which is a perfect time for us to do a bit of a pilot program. 
and um, and roll it out and just you know iron out any creases and yeah. get the, the the writers kind of confident and they're having a ball and um, and I and it's just I've been reading some of the stories as they get developed and um, the theme for this program which will roll out next year is marvelous birds so they have wow. to become a bird and write a story from the perspective of being a bird. And they're writing it, you know, they're birds, but they're just typical kids, so they're off to basketball. But their wings are getting in the way, and their feathers oh. are, you know, so it's... Oh, it's, my God. And it's really interesting. And they have to pick a bird to be. So we take the, the guides that we call the Story Hunter Guides, but, you know, they take a um, whole lot of pictures of different Australian birds, and they get to choose. And there's a seagull, there's a wedge-tailed eagle, uh, a honey-eater... And and they get and then they name and it's the first couple of weeks they don't write a thing really. It's about becoming the character and playing with descriptions and what kind of words would describe my character and and, and so they don't actually start writing for a couple of weeks, which is why it's five weeks long. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, it can be shorter. Some schools mm-hmm. won't have five weeks, but it's yeah. So they be, that that writer will build a relationship with those kids. It's not a quick kind of in and out, and you're done in forty five minutes. It's an hour to an hour and a half. And we want it, and it's going to be region wide. So we really want to get out. We, we appreciate kids can't come to Newcastle mm. if you've got to do an hour and a half drive, which is unfortunately what they had to do with our the previous programs. And, and I knew we weren't capturing those schools further out, which is why we did take the program to Cessnock for a day each year. But, um, but we will go to the schools. It sounds so, so exciting. You, I, can, I can hear the excitement in your voice. You are really <laughs> excited about this program, aren't you? Yeah, I am because I don't have to look too far to see a child who doesn't like writing, and that's my daughter. Mm. She struggles, and it's ironic given her two parents are journalists. You know, yeah, I'm just a, a bit. journalist. Um, yeah, <laughs> Ben's a journalist. Um, so she, she struggles. She she doubts herself. She doesn't think she's creative. And I, I've seen her struggle over the years. And you know what? We're trialing it in her class, not because um, you know give her a treat or anything. Mm. It, it, it was all organised separate to me, but because we've previously worked with her school. Um, with the schools program, and they, you know, so they, I knew we already had a relationship. It's been about going to schools we already have a relationship with. So we're going to schools that have come to our schools program previously, from Maitland and Port Stephens, because we have a connection there. Mm. Because we're asking them to, you know, can we come into your classroom for five weeks and yeah. try this program? So that's the reason we're there. And I've had no involvement with it. I haven't got involved at all. So she hasn't said anything. And I said to her, "Have you had Story Hunter going into your classroom?" Oh, yeah. And I said, oh, okay, how's it going? And, you know, typical, almost teenager, yeah. they don't give you anything. Nothing. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I said, you, have you enjoyed it? Are you enjoying it? Mm, yeah, yeah. And I'm okay, fair enough. I'm not going to get anything out of her. So I let it go. And the next week, she jumped in the car, picked her up from school, and she's like, oh, we had story hunter there. Blah, 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 blah. I'm a honey eater. I'm called Money. Money honey eater. And, and you know, da, 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 my friend's called Chanel, and uh, we're doing... And I just, that was unprompted. There and it is. shut up about this story. And yeah. I went, okay, there you go. Wow. There you go. Oh, I'm so I'm pleased for in, you. I'm seeing it in my own eyes, you know, that, yeah. that, in, that engagement with yeah. being able to tell your own story, which is so important. Lovey, if anyone wants to get involved with it uh, next year, how do they, uh, do they get in contact with you via the Newcastle Writers Festival or how do, how yeah, do other schools look, get involved? The website, fingers crossed, um, we're just triple-checking the, the EOI. Like, you don't have to book immediately online. Teachers, parents can just lodge an EOI on our website so you can read all about it, fill out a form that's not committing you to anything, but that will prompt a conversation with Bethany who coordinates the program and 
she'll individually talk to the people, you know, whether it's a teacher, etc., principal, teacher, librarian, and uh, it'll be very tailored. So it won't be just make a general booking. Um, so that will just prompt the process to start. So that should all be live from tomorrow morning. Fantastic. Look, congratulations. I'm, uh, I'm so pleased for you. As I said, I can hear the excitement in your voice. And it's, uh, it's, wonderful, uh, it's wonderful the way you give back. It's just, it's just phenomenal. Travel safe. Um, so Nigeria, what are you headed to Nigeria for? For a Global Association of Literary Festivals conference. Wow. And uh, we're, we're, we're part of this association, and uh, I'm, um, I'm, I'm the Australian delegate going. So, Go, girlfriend. And I've got a, I'm, I'm doing a presentation around fundraising, but there's a whole lot of discussion happening over a couple of days, and then it leads into a big writers' festival. And I'm going, so I'm going to Lagos, Nigeria, and there's a big literary arts festival that then I'll be attending after that, and then coming home. So, I mean, take out the, you know, two trips of about 25 hours, I'll probably, I think I'm there for six days, six wow. or seven days at the most. But, um, yeah, look, it should be good. A few people are a bit nervous. I'm, I'm, my husband's a bit nervous about it mm. all. Uh, but I'm not going to take any risks. The organisers are, you know, it, it's going to be fine. I, I think, um, yeah, I, I'm not going to do anything risky. And uh, it's huge, a huge city, 25 million people. Oh, my Godfather. Largest city in Africa. So that's... That's mind blowing. The whole population of Australia in one city. That's just incredible, isn't it? Well, listen. When you get back, I'd love to catch up with you. You can come in Thank and uh, come in, have a chat, and we can have a look at your photos. And not that that makes good radio, but uh, yeah, well, we can, look, we can me talk on about Instagram. it. Instagram. I'll, I'll no doubt be putting pictures up there. We certainly will. Travel safe. Best of luck tomorrow with the launch. It just sounds so exciting, and uh, I'm so pleased you've got your passport. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Don't Robbie. put your boarding pass on that page. <laughs> That's the lesson from today. <laughs> Thanks, Rosie. You be Thanks, safe, Jane. mate. Bye. Bye. That is Rosemary Milsom from the Newcastle Writers Festival. You're with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. Newcastle in the Morning covers the big stories that matter the most to you. The local issues often neglected. Tracy Mack's plain talking, no-nonsense approach will get your morning off right. Talking news, sport, entertainment, music, lifestyle and more. Covering what you need to know and even some of the stuff you didn't. It's Tracy Mack with Newcastle in the Morning. Weekdays from 9 to midday, only on Newcastle Live.